Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us here on the Recruitment Roundup podcast, which is brought to you by BMS Performance. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, BMS Performance is a specialist sales and marketing recruitment consultancy. For the last 30 years, we've been helping businesses across the UK recruit for vacancies at every level. I'm your host, Mike Leather, and every week I'll be joined by a new guest where we'll get stuck into the latest trends in regards to recruitment. We'll talk about insights, we share ideas, we share experiences, and ultimately we look to provide value to fundamentally help you, you whether or not you're a hiring manager, a business leader, or part of an internal talent team to recruit smarter, faster and more effectively. Okay, so welcome everyone to another episode of the Recruitment Roundup podcast. Today I'm joined by my colleague Laura Tucker, who this is her second appearance on the Recruitment Roundup. She came on, did a great episode in season one. How are you doing, Laura? Good morning. Yes, I'm very well. Thanks very much, Mike. How are you? I'm all right. All good. right. Very good, good to be back. Very good. Glad to have you back and looking forward to another exciting conversation. So this um this episode is for any company that partners with several recruitment consultancies at the same time. Um they may work with recruiters on an ad hoc basis and, and perhaps you know, maybe you've grown disappointed, disillusioned for a number of reasons, or conversely you might be. Um, working with several recruitment partners and think, I really want to improve the results that I'm getting and access more candidates. So if that's you, um, hope you'll get a lot of value um, from this episode. We're going to be talking about three specific subjects in the podcast, which are brand equity. We're going to be talking about how the viewpoint of using lots of recruiters um, at times can be flawed, opposed to partnering with a select few or even working exclusively and then we will be finishing off with you know the benefits of working exclusively or partnering with a small number of recruiters in terms of what impact that can have on the candidate experience and furthermore your employer brand so excited to get into it let's kick off Laura I wanted to start with the brand equity point this was something that you wanted to talk about I thought it'd be a good place to start so um, people might be listening to this thinking brand equity, I've heard of the term in another context, but what does the phrase mean? Um, yeah, it's a good one. I think a lot of, whether you're a small startup or you are a family run SME or you are a multinational Nike, Facebook, whatever, you know, global corporation, you you have a, you know, a sense of brand and, and values and, and therefore you are looking to um, look at your own perception in the marketplace whether that is to a consumer or to employees joining the business and um, ultimately the, the businesses that we work with all have a customer marketplace that will perceive yeah. them and it's about I think looking at the value of your brand how you are perceived online how you are perceived by employees that work for you um, how you are perceived by your potential customer marketplace um, yeah. From the way that you, you know, you you set values, you you set your value proposition, and you stick by that. Um, yeah. So I think there's been, you know, if we think about how Nike through the years have retained their brand position and how they've stayed true to their brand, and that will all come from 
how the kind of people and the kind of role the profile of person they recruit the journey that that person goes through in that process and the onboarding to the training to the living and breathing the brand I think it's all about that um you know perception and 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 perceived value by your audience or your market yeah it it links um fairly closely to employer brand doesn't it I think we've spoken a lot about what it feels a bit more of a meaty subject does brand brand equity um so important isn't it if if if, um if we focus on this specifically for recruitment um what does brand equity mean in your view in the world of recruitment um i think that a lot of companies forget about their brand in in that recruitment process because recruitment is sometimes a headache and inconvenience it's stressful for hiring managers yeah. for the hr teams it, it is stressful um and especially if you have more than one vacancy um you know in your team at one time it's becoming a pull on you as a hiring manager and your day job and keeping motivation in your team so um i think um people then forget about their brand and their values and their company and how we want to be seen by the marketplace and they go for a quick we need to fill these roles so if you get recruitment right and you think about who are we let's think about the the way we're going to approach this piece of recruitment the type of company we're going to partner with what values we want to see um, in them and know that we've got the right people working on our behalf um, that could be even an extension of our brand. Um, we are staying true to what you know how we want to do things, and then therefore we've got a better chance of bringing in people that are are also also true to our brand. And a successful person that will could be one of our future leaders could be a real shining star in the future for us. So, a lot of people get that wrong, and you know it spirals because um you how know they, they, how, they did they get it, how did they get it wrong how did they get it wrong just to pick up on that yeah point. i think i think instead of that uh looking at recruitment thinking this is part of you know this is this is our culture piece here we yeah, yeah, we yeah. recruit as part of our culture and our brand um yeah. we we actually go for recruitment as we've got a headache we need to fix it quickly we need to uh reduce the amount of time i'm taking out of my day as a sales manager and my time and get this you know get this solved uh with minimum disruption now a lot of people traditionally have gone right let's farm this role out to four or five recruiters as fast as we can that means we'll get the most access to the marketplace i'm not taken away from my day job because i can send an e- email or get hr to do that for me um we'll give them all a chance so that we get more vacant more candidates in a talent yeah. pool and we're we're surely going to win we're going to win yeah. out of that approach and i think they forget that actually it's the reverse is true yeah yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna go into that in a fair bit of depth aren't we on, on the next point i mean you hear about companies don't you and companies do say this to us in the sense of we want to recruit someone that's aligned to our brand and our values and that's where i guess the brand equity piece can also slot into it as well can't it companies want into recruit people that they think yeah fit with the culture culture is a massive part of brand equity as well and mm. um, why does do you, why do you think this matters so much right now if we you know touch on the current market conditions and the sales recruitment landscape mm. 
I think there's two pieces here. I think one is around um, candidates and how we live in a very tech savvy, um, you know, social media presence driven world. Uh, AI, you know, any platform you can access, you can find data on companies, you can find reports, mm. you can also, yeah. you know, candidates are more savvy. So they will go online, they will do their due diligence, they will look at Glassdoor, they will look at reports, they will look at LinkedIn, they will look at Twitter, Instagram, you know, they've got access and they are clued up on this, especially um, the sort of younger generation that are moving through from graduates to first, second jobbers in the sales industry. They're really aware and they won't consider um, even being, you know, be, being in the, the, the mix as a candidate, you know, applying direct or being part of a process unless they've done their own research on this. So yeah, they're very yeah, yeah. able to make their own conclusions from those platforms um, by themselves. And I think something like ridiculous, like 80% of candidates now will consult a social media platform before they decide really? going forward. To, wow. for, yeah, I was looking at some blogs the other day. And so there's a very, you know, that people are, people are aware and informed so your brand matters <laughs> well if you think about um gen gen z we'll, you know call it that cohort of people um that are born in the the right period of time to be gen z unfortunately i'm definitely not one of them old. but I, I, I was um reading the other day that i think over 50 percent of um gen z persons get their news from social media. So the, the majority being TikTok, they don't actually sit yeah. there and watch Sky News like, you know, I do most of the time because I'm boring. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so it, it, it fits in quite nicely, doesn't it? Um, into that, that brand brand, brand equity, um, a lot of it is, is built through the company's presence on social media and um, platforms and then if you think about like mm. want to recruit a certain type of profile then i wonder and i'm keen to ask you about this how many of the companies that you work with and do we think more broadly speaking are aware of the brand equity or think about it before they go to market it's tough one isn't it i think um some a lot of corporate companies uh bigger companies have got uh, maybe more resource and time to put into talent yeah. functions where they can put together marketing information to send out and give an impression of their business. They can um, make really interesting career pages, um, you know, for uploaded of case studies, videos and testimonials of their employees. I think the heart of your own employees is the other, you know, the other bit on that is that if we talk about um, brand perception and brand value, we talked yeah. about online presence and candidates that look for that um, to see and make their conclusions. But the other bit was the internal side, I think, and employees within your company right now and what they would say about you. So if you surveyed them and, you know, their longevity in your business, your general turnover of staff, start asking questions. Why is that? Why mm. do we have this turnover? Why are we not keeping people? Let's remind ourselves of what we want to create here. So, it, yeah. It, yeah um you know talent teams can certainly be very useful in that i think in terms of creating um sets of values and brand and they can push that out through great career pages and um you know video um and uh, sort of be an extension of the brand a lot of smaller companies haven't got that resource though mm. so um 
this is kind of where a good recruitment partnership comes in really nicely because smaller companies still have their own values and that could be that they were set up as a family business 25 years ago and they've stayed true to certain values in manufacturing or whatever it might be and they've grown in that way uh, but they haven't got the money and resources to put into a really flashy website or um uh, you know upload social media videos as you know for everything and be you know huge on instagram they 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 need a recruitment partner to become almost like an extension of their brand and do their PR bit for them. So um, a lot of companies, though, don't realise the value of this until they've had a really bad experience in recruitment. Yeah, protect it at all costs is is my advice, because you just touched on something then that can impact um, brand equity, and that is attrition, definitely. It doesn't take too long for... um, certain companies to get a reputation they might like they might not deserve within a within a, a talent pool yeah. um but i want to um finish off on on this point um by asking you how can the partnerships that a company chooses to have with recruiters impact their brand equity yeah so it's something that's coming becoming more i think um important to us as recruiters to know our values as well so what we stand for and therefore where we um we pitch ourselves but from a client perspective they they should demand more from their recruiters they should be willing to invest themselves in that upfront time i think um to you know to uh build a partnership um make sure that they get this right and that they set some values and you know ground rules and that the recruitment partner that they work with is someone they feel they can trust someone who is got, has got the area of specialism so they they you know they recruit for the right roles they've got a history of doing this they've got uh, maybe a, a, a you know um a a client portfolio of people that are in their industry that they can give case studies and recommendations and testimonials for um they can see that um, that recruiter has also got uh, their own level of values and brand equity um, and they know what they stand for in the marketplace and that they're not just sort of a catch-all give me give me a vacancy and I'll have a go but I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm prepared to do this over email without us even having any FaceTime so you need to be I think you do need to think um, I think you need to think about this as a partnership and if you get that right and you invest that time up front um, you know, and, and set those set those rules out and that framework. I think you could get a lot from that, um, and you can, could get yourself a really nice long term partnership where you don't have to spend that time up front in the end because you've done that investment at the early stages, and then the bit of you know the the relationship flows and actually it cuts down your time to hire in future. Well, that's the utopia, isn't it? That's the utopia. You know, you want a recruitment partner where. They understand you. They know exactly what type of profile that you recruit. Sometimes it's not always the CV that makes someone a fit. But how can your recruitment partner know that if they've never even had any FaceTime with you? Um, I think as well, it's not even about on this point using too many um, recruiters can impact your brand equity, which it can do. But it's more important to use the right one, really invest in that relationship. And you said at the beginning of that answer, demanding more. Um, if I'm um, a hiring manager and using the recruiters, how do I demand more from my recruitment partner? What would your advice be on that? 
Um, I think you want to know uh, who's going to be your your account manager, your lead, who's going to be taking you on this journey through the process? How do they operate? How? What can you expect at different points through this process? Is there transparency or honesty about candidate situations, salaries, uh, the market? You know, are we going to be told that this role is really easy to recruit for and therefore we have an expectation we're going to get this can this job filled with three perfect candidates by next week no we people appreciate honesty so you know an honest open relationship with a recruiter and making sure that there's um i think uh you're you're informed along the way um i think knowing uh that your recruitment company is able capable um to deliver and and understanding what their attraction methods are in you know in behind the scenes and how they're doing things um and i think also um knowing that if you get to that offer stage you know we're in a, we're in a very it's a challenging marketplace out there candidates mm-hmm. typically are going to get counter offers or they've got multiple roles uh, we're also fishing typically in many of the com- the, com- the companies we work with they're quite specialist in what they offer and they are looking in a small talent pool. So, yeah. you know, making sure that your recruiter um, has got the information they need to sell your brand on your behalf. So whilst you're there doing your day job as a sales manager, managing your current sales team, keeping them motivated, keeping them positive and keeping that brand piece going internally, in the background, you are really comfortable and happy that your recruiter is working on your behalf to a high standard to to you know to promote your brand, to drive that brand equity, um, to protect your reputation and and drive it, you know, so people who hadn't thought of you want to work for you. Yeah, yeah. Spot on. Totally agree. Great way of underlining that point. And I think moving on now, it's easy to con- to conclude from a theoretical perspective that if um, you work for a company and you're a hiring manager and you've never worked in recruitment before, I totally understand that you might think if I use loads of recruitment partners, post my job on every job board that I can afford to do so, I'm going to get more candidates and I'm going to film it all quicker. What's your view on that? Well, this was a very sort of typical thing that happened in one of the early days of my recruitment career at BMS. I'm talking, gosh, a good 15, 18, 17, 18 years ago, maybe. And this was unfortunately the norm. And um, weirdly, we worked in this way and we didn't challenge it. But yeah. I think it's um it's often the misconception isn't it that the more i push this out to the more channels to the more uh you know ways of advertising i'm bound to get more and therefore that's more choice for us and that's that's you know a higher selection therefore i must be able to recruit my my vacancy faster now unfortunately the reverse is probably true because if you you flip that on the side of a the recruiter and b the candidate on you know the other side of that you are being perceived in a certain way in in the ether <laughs> so mm. you know you farm that role out to four or five recruiters 
have you invested you know that time up front with four or five recruiters are you likely to no because if each brief takes you half an hour 40 minutes an hour and you're trying to get a feel for these people you haven't got time to do that in your day job you're running a sales team you may have more than one vacancy this is not good use of your time so you know you don't spend that upfront time knowing have I got the right recruiters uh do they understand the brief have they all understood the information have we got the accurate interpretation of my brief because again you get dilution of the brief you get misinformation you get inaccuracies so therefore that is then passed on to a potential candidate and they think they're going to get a car allowance no we only offer we only offer a car they think they're going to get um an uncapped bonus no it's actually one you know an annual bonus of 20 percent, and that's that so we've got so many things here that are going on the other thing is that you know if a candidate is approached by multiple recruiters and that is often the case in this scenario because you're generally fishing from a small talent pool. If I look yeah. at medical industry, technical construction industry, there's a small talent pool of good people. So four four recruiters approach one candidate proactively on LinkedIn or wherever it might be. That candidate's going to start to question, why is this company using so many recruitment companies? Yeah. And why are they so desperate to speak to me? Um, You know, what this is, you know, screaming here of, they're desperate. Do they have a hiring issue? Do they have a staffing issue? And, yeah. um, you know, why am I being approached by so many people? And are they even aware they've got control over this? So yeah. that's a turn off. That's a massive yeah. turn off for most candidates. And candidates Especially tell us Especially at a higher level, you, you go as well. Um, it's, it's true at any level, but the higher you go up, the more of a problem this becomes. I found anyway yeah. in my experience. Senior candidates yeah. find this uh, slightly insulting, to be honest. Um, yeah. And you can understand that way. So all of a sudden, this company is devaluing their brand and yeah. they are diluting, you know, something great because they've just gone for that sort of what they think and, is the time consuming, the time saving approach. Yeah. And um, with this with this point, um, it was made in the sense of a lot of companies just don't know no this is the purpose that we're talking about this and i want to get quite factual with some of some of the other questions we're not sure in a second but um it's to give perspective from our side as well um because we've got the experience of working with candidates and talking to them about this and we know what the impacts are on us when we've been in a situation when we're up against lots of other recruiters and it's an ultra competitive situation um you know and that can have impacts can't it i mean specifically um on the amount of time that your recruitment partner can actually spend assessing candidates for you if you're saying to your um recruitment partner that they are one of five recruiters working said vacancy and it's a fairly specific search then naturally that recruiter has got what a 20 percent chance of filling the job so there's a limit to the amount of resource they can actually spend invested in the attraction methods and equally when they get hold of a candidate because they're in a situation which is race to the bottom they can't physically spend as much time assessing them and screening them and doing a quote-unquote proper job which i'm going to come on to in a second mm. their mindset is I best get this candidate over as quickly as I can because I know I'm up against five other recruiters. So I just need to get them over because I don't want to miss out. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And it's um 
it's it's ironically most of our hiring managers are sales leaders and these are sales leaders that that manage salespeople and if it was their salespeople going out to a customer um for a pitch and they were you know they were up against four other people in you know for their product and they were going to get one small snippet of the pie they hadn't had any face time this customer wasn't worth it wanting to invest um you know an hour-long call with them or a 40-minute call with them to get to know what the expectations are what this company is about would they would they encourage their their own salespeople to go for that business? Probably not. Probably and that's not. probably that's poss- you know if they can start thinking how a recruitment business might then feel about this. It's not that they don't want to work it, but it's the quality of you know the quality of work, isn't it? And the quality of the relationship. It's like, is this good business for us to invest now? We could be lucky. We could win this if we throw a CV in and hope it. But that's not really how. We want that's, to work, and that's not that's not how the industry wants to be viewed. Yeah. yeah, it's a transactional relationship, in my view, rather than a recruitment partnership. And time is everything to a recruitment consultancy, whether it's us, whether it's any of our competitors or any other recruiter that recruits in another discipline. You know, the the time is finite, and mm. the more commitment you can show to your recruitment partner, the more time they can spend on your vacancy, the more time they spend on your vacancy, the wider access you have to the talent pool. And that becomes really difficult when you're in a situation whereby you're up against lots of other recruiters. So it impacts the the size of the talent pool. It can impact the amount of um, time your recruitment partner can physically be expected to um, assess the candidates. And equally, it can also impact on where you're vacancy is prioritised in that internal market within you know, your your recruitment partner. So your recruitment partner might have a, be working on 100, 200 vacancies, lots of different types of jobs, different yep. disciplines, different levels of experience required, et cetera, et cetera. As a client or as a company even, organisational business, um, you want to make sure that your job's being focused on, that you are getting a great service from your recruitment partner, that you're getting access to all the best candidates. Um, but if the recruitment partner's in a situation whereby it's ultra-competitive, it's just no two ways about it. It affects the service level. It affects what they can actually do for you, doesn't it? Yeah. I hate to say it, you know, come, you know, internally, would your job be at the, pro- you know, our priority at the top of our list? Sadly not, because do we feel confident that we know enough about you your you know what you represent our relationship and we've got to try and create a sense of excitement and um uh desire with the candidate if we don't if we don't know who our client really is and we haven't had that you know that that level of relationship with the client the candidate soon knows and the candidate have we have you know we have a probably a duty of care to candidates more than ever now because candidates are less willing to come forward um to apply for roles unless you know you know they they have really felt that they have the information and that you know they they feel they're ready to do this so to get a candidate to really feel excited about a role we need to know everything really we need, as I said, we are like the PR tool. So when we've got that information and we can create that excitement about this company, this role, 
what they do, how they do it, their values and things like that. We've got that hook with the candidate. The, you know, that's our job to create that excitement mm. and drama sort of thing. But if we haven't got that and we're really not very clued up ourselves, that makes us not look um, that professional either. So yeah. we're less likely to want to work those roles um, because we have, a, I think we have our own internal standards as a recruiter. Most Absolutely. companies do. They you know, will. Is yeah. this, does, yeah. you know, I, I want, you know, you want us to be seen as the experts. And I think, um, you know, you, it's sort of half-hearted, isn't it, at best yeah. when you're, um, when you're one of five people, you want to find the companies that are out there doing a bit of a hope, hope this, I'll throw something and hope it might stick at, you know, the other end. It's very sort of lucky dip. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope what um, people listening have got from this section is, in essence, how to get more out of your recruitment partner relationships, because that was the purpose mm. of this. And to, to finish off with giving people advice on it, so if, if I'm someone, I'm listening to this, it's resonating with me, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm actually doing that. I've got four or five recruiters working on their job and getting CVs coming from everywhere. I don't feel like any of them are massively right. Um, if I'm in that situation, how would I or should I approach that with my recruitment partner? Like what questions can I ask them to fix this potentially? Yeah, you. I think, uh, you know, certainly open questions about what, uh, you know, what they're seeing, why, you know, why are we not getting this? And, and most recruitment partners will then tell you, you know, we need to know more about the role, the challenges, the the good parts of your business, your USPs, your values. We need to be able to sell this more effectively. We need yeah. to know we need to know the highs and lows because candidates are informed. They will want to know, um, you know, things that meet their own career motivations and drivers to leave a role. So we mm. need to be have that information ready. Um, and I think they, you know, the other thing is knowing about the general market. So. A lot of companies approach this thinking that the market is in favour uh, when it might not. It certainly might not be. Um, yeah. So, again, they need an honest, um, informed opinion back from people who are close to the candidate landscape, which is us and yeah. other recruiters out there like us. And um, kind of, if they're prepared to listen to that, we can give them, you know, through the tools that we use, whether that's talent insights, whether that's, um, yeah. you know, the, the the data that we keep internally on our own candidates with the right, you know, the certain sector backgrounds, we can give them that and we can give them the realistic view. So they're not going into this feeling um, that they are um, being misled or that they have, there's, you know, there's going to be an outcome that's actually really unlikely to happen. So yeah. if they think they're going to get some, you know, five candidates that, that are all going to work off 25 grand and have five years experience. We need to we need to you know, re-educate them on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, great. So I want to finish off by getting your opinion on how many recruiters, um, in your view, a company should partner with before they run the risk of having too many. Because we discussed that having too many um, or not the right ones, not in really investing in those relationships, um, can conversely prevent a recruiter from being able to do a proper job because they just can't afford to spend the time, they can't um, apply the, the required level of resource needed to give access to enough of the talent pool. This impacts on time to hire. So if you're in that situation as a client, um, 
and you aren't getting this type of feedback which many clients don't and naturally you're gonna um be in a, a, a position where you might have a bad impression of the recruiter or the recruitment market in general so yeah so what would your opinion be on that Laura how many recruiters should a company consider partnering with before it gets too many yeah I, I am I'm going off my own experience here and what we get as feedback from HR teams talent teams and, and hiring managers but I'm also really open to hearing other people's views on this but yeah. I think there's what I won't say Mike is that the right the right decision is to, to, to always go with one because I think certain certain roles warrant different things so I agree with you, know, you. Yeah. and I think certain um you know whether you go down a contingency approach with two recruiters versus a retained approach with one partner for a very niche specific role in very very time pressured conditions for example yeah. that is um often to do with the level of the role the industry experience that person needs um other soft skills whether they need to speak languages things like that so um i think um there are points where a retained single recruiter option is the right option yeah. Um, and I think that a sensible choice for many companies is to invest time in two recruitment partners that that they have, you know, they have selected based on, you know, the the, the sort of industry uh, sync and parallels in terms of what yeah. they can offer and their ex- expertise in the market. Whether a company extends that and brings in a third, I mean, it's that it's an interesting one because. If you're if you've got two recruitment partnerships that are working really really well for you and you have a really open and um, you know positive uh, transparent relationship with and you're getting those roles filled, then I think that's a good a good way to go because you are you're not limiting yourself to one recruitment company. And remember, not all candidates register with with one exactly. with one recruiter. So yeah. um, if you have had a, a great experience with BMS or you've had a great experience with another. Um, recruiter in the past you're probably more likely just to go with them for your next job search Mm. others are very much about registering with a couple because they've got um they're quite new to this or they haven't done this before so they will you know they'll register with a few different agencies so it's again I think you'd be potentially a little bit naive if you always went with just one recruitment partner because let's face it most companies are aware that the talent pool is small so they they do want to sort of give themselves a little bit of a chance to broaden the net yeah, I agree. It's finding that balance, isn't it? Um, yeah. Where you want to be in a position where you create a healthy competition between recruitment partners, which is absolutely fine. And if I was a hiring manager um, hiring for a role with a fairly um, open brief, so maybe I was happy with anyone who's got a B2B sales background, but I wanted access to as many candidates as I could get, I'd probably use two recruiters yeah. because then I'm creating some healthy conversation between them I'm not using too many if it was confident in those recruiters that they had a great network then I'd probably feel that I was in a position at the end of the process to select the best available candidate on the market at that time which is fundamentally yeah. what you want to do if you hire in if it was a more of a specific role then I would consider exclusivity or retain search because providing that commitment to your recruitment partner means that they're going to be able to spend more time on the search element of it and they're going to be able to afford to do that as well because they're not in a situation which is high risk which 
inevitably means that they can't spend as much time searching etc mm. and i want to um, finish off and I sort of circle this all the way back to um candidate experience and the brand equity point um we talked quite a bit about how using too many recruiters can have a um negative impact on your brand equity and the candidate experience what's the difference with using only one or two recruitment partners how does the candidate experience differ and then therefore impact on a company's brand equity um i think that the the journey for the candidate yes yeah, so important now isn't it um so i think if you've be if you as a candidate are um being guided you know well through a process by uh not only the recruitment uh, the recruitment company that are representing you and um you know and and supporting you in that process um you almost feel like you've got this sort of triangle of you know the the company you're joining the recruitment partner and you and i think actually there's that's a very fruitful thing to have when we're all on the same page there's an agreed level of communication you've got you've got a higher chance i think at the offer stage certainly of um candidates keeping committed to the process keeping the communication flow um actually taking the offer and seeing this through because they feel they've built relationships and they feel invested in you've also got the the feeling of um the you know the the company also i think feeling that they've they've had a good service and yeah. um that they even if they don't even if they don't recruit from you and they go from their other provider knowing that you've you know you've got close you've you've given them a set of good candidates to see you've you've given them the right feedback at the right points you've you've you know you've done you've delivered on the expectations that were set up front and i yeah. think again with um you know, you've you've got candidates that are meeting their brand values um and yeah i've bought into that and you've delivered the right information i think on that as well yeah absolutely on that point as well with the the brand values and the candidates that are able to meet with them um we can do that if we're working in a healthy competitive environment opposed to an ultra competitive environment because we can spend more time with the candidates on the assessment piece because we're not in that environment where we feel like it's a race to the bottom which we've got move really really quickly and because of that you can't spend enough time interviewing assessing them rigorously like you can do if you're working more closely yeah agreed agreed absolutely yeah and i think um it's also really you know we as recruiters enjoy getting close to our clients and understanding about their brand and being seen as someone who is trustworthy and an expert and able you know we people you know hiring managers expect us to promote their brand and know everything in their absence and um and get candidates prepared to a level they expect at their assessment day or their yeah. their interview so they expect us to brief them in the right way and candidates are grateful for that because they you know each company has their they own want assessment. To put the best foot forward don't they yeah whenever they're going yeah. to an interview Okay, well, I think that's a nice point to um, finish off on. And that brings us to the end of the podcast. So thank you once again, Laura, for coming on. Great to have you on again and really appreciate all the knowledge and insights 
they've shared. I think people will have got a lot from that. I certainly did. So, yeah, really appreciate you coming on. No, well, thank you very much for having me, Mike, and it's always a pleasure to, um, you know, to speak with you. So, yes, if, um, again, if anyone from today wants to follow up or connect as a hiring manager or candidate or, you know, pick up on the points, then feel free to search Laura Tucker on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, I'll respond uh, from there. Thank you. Brilliant. Okay, so thank you everyone for tuning in and uh, we will bring in another episode to you again next week. So we hope you guys can all tune in or watch on YouTube then. Thank you. Bye. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Recruitment Roundup podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the show, to watching the show. Um, We really appreciate your support. It would be absolutely fantastic um, if you could give us a rating on Apple, on Spotify, give us a review. Um, Any feedback really, really helps and is massively appreciated. So thank you once again for joining us and we will hopefully see you again next week.